Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. The thermostat in this room automatically sets to 63. So when you walk in here, it is very cold. C-O-L-D, senor. I said, I didn't even know thermostats went to 63. Why would they even go to 63? Yeah, I like the room chilly. It's brutal. brutal. 63 is cold. Yeah. I throw on a jacket if it's 63. Live from Studio C. See, senor. A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Hey, everybody. Today, Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, the January 6th committee. Wow, that was a serious-sounding voice you had there. I think they're done now. Serious gravitas and uh, a weight to that voice. That's what I was shooting for. Wow, well. Thank you. Thank you. Well pulled off, then. Thank you all. Bye Big finish here. It's the weekend. Here we go. Woo! <laughs> You know what the general manager could have been, should have been? The flu. Now, I don't know about you, 
But I was just reading where, uh, what, what is the number of the, yeah, there it is. Hang on a second. I want to get this right. There are 2,600 kids go to Patrick Henry High School in San Carlos, California. It's in the San Diego area. 2,600. A thousand of them were out Wednesday with a respiratory illness. The children's hospital is jammed. It's not the vid. It appears to be either COVID or what's that other, uh, uh, disease kids get, uh, RSV, respiratory synctial virus. But anyway, I don't even they're know expecting that. it to be a heck of a flu season. I didn't know that RSV. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that. That was like the only complication that was hurting kids uh, from the vid, really, in any significant numbers. It, they would end up getting that somehow. I think that's right. Anyway, I'm not a doctor. And if, if you use this show for your medical advice, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so is that the belief that uh, all these viruses have been kept down by the COVID for for the past couple of years? Oh yeah, because COVID yeah, was absolutely. dominating. We're all masked up and staying apart and all the different stuff, and now and now they're like, "Hey, we've been waiting for you." Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah. So, so far, let's see. They've admitted 250 young children with RSV infections. Uh, Everybody's okay so far. Yeah, both my kids were sick and missed some school in the last couple of weeks, and it wasn't COVID. Uh, all the symptoms of COVID, uh, which is annoying. But Of course, COVID has all the symptoms of everything else. Well, yeah, that, that's the way it is, yeah. yeah. Thank you, China. Freaking bad experimenting so, sons of what? So you made the January 6th committee the general manager. You declared them the general manager, and uh, I would like to know why. Oh, just they, they wrapped up with their big uh, mm-hmm. speechifying and reports and everything yesterday. Undercover footage of Nancy Pelosi saying she wanted to punch the president. and oh, It's just kind of dramatic. But. I watched the whole video of uh, all the people running around underneath the Capitol building there trying to figure out how to get some help. My takeaway, I mean, nobody else's takeaway from this uh, was... Uh, isn't there a way to cut through all the different layers of government and jurisdiction and everything like that that's faster than that? That's that's what was amazing to me was uh, Pelosi and Schumer and various people constantly on the phone as they're looking up at a screen while a mob is beating the crap out of the police, screaming they're going to kill them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still, well, do you have the jurisdiction to, oh, does it overlap with the, can I get the secretary of the assistant to the whatever on the phone so they can sign off on the, and I just thought, what? Isn't there an easier way to do this? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's that's what struck me. I, I, would, I would, get a whole bunch of good people here to stop this craziness. People with guns and bats, like now, thousands of them. You'd think you could declare a triple secret emergency or something <laughs> right? like that, and people would just not bother filling out the forms and get there. Exactly. Or or wonder, frankly, I have to be ordered first the state, then the county needs to sign off before I'm a... And I understand, I suppose, why all that stuff's in place, but when this is happening, there's no there's no way around that? That's, uh, we that's don't know what to do. Sorry, the rules say I can't do anything, so uh, good luck. That's what was shocking to me, is just how many layers of difficulty it was. And uh, they were amazingly calm about it. I wouldn't have been that calm. Maybe it's because they're big government Democrats, and they're just used to that sort of thing. I wouldn't have been that calm about it. What the hell is going on? Why hasn't somebody sent National Guard or police or Boy Scouts or something here? What What is going on? It's been an hour. 
Yeah, maybe. Well, that's that's some good self awareness. If you realize, well, I've designed and built this incredibly suffocating bureaucracy, so I suppose I have to live with the results. <laughs> <laughs> And then it sounded like toward the end, if you haven't watched the video, I watched like a seven-minute version. It was pretty pretty, pretty entertaining because, man, that was a crazy couple hours there. Holy crap. And to see the behind-the-scenes, how they're handling it, but that where they were on the phone with Mike Pence, and he finally cut through a whole bunch of crap and got, uh, got some things going on with the National Guard. Wow. Wow. Um, I don't remember the timing of when uh, various forces actually showed up. It took a, going on two years ago. Took a ridiculously long time. It seems yeah. to me. Yeah. Given the stakes and uh, the video footage of uh, of people at the Capitol doors who had gotten in, where are they? Where they are? Bring them out here! And I mean, I don't think it was to uh, you know have a discussion with them. No, indeed. Yeah. An ugly day. An ugly and horrible day. And anybody who says otherwise is uh, deluding themselves. What in the hell's the matter with us? <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Do you have a team you're reading for, rooting for in the baseball playoffs? Oh, not, not really. Not much. Mm. I find it more fun. I think I'm going to go Padres. I don't know. Oh, to... yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to root for anybody, it's going to be the pods. But uh, I, I don't know. I just don't care. And I've been a baseball fan since I was a little kid. I just don't care for some reason. Don't care about the sport or, like, picking a team to root for? That one. And, you know, I, I've been a Giants fan for a quarter of a century or more. Um, but, uh, A, they stunk this year, and, B, their manager pissed me off with his uh, stupid Bay Area of California woke anti-American crap. And so I just, I don't know, it put me off, and I never plugged in. Well, the biggest star in all of baseball, Aaron Judge, biggest in terms of uh, popularity <laughs> and attention, and uh, he's also a giant. Yes. Um, uh, if he's not a Yankee, he is going to be a San Francisco giant, is the, is the talk from the well, article I read last please, night. Please, if the giant shoe fits, put exactly. it on the giant. Yeah, and he's a local boy from the kind of you know outer Bay Area. That'd be a good gimmick, too, if the Giants just go with all huge players, whether they're good or not. I mean, just, you know, it's just a marketing Or you either have to have giant feet, giant hands, be seven feet tall, something. We need some giantism in your body at some level. Right, right. Anybody less than 6'4", don't even show up for a tryout. <laughs> uh, let's start the show officially, and then we can get to, I don't know, whatever. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, October the 14th, the year 2022. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I'll be kind of going to punch him out. This is my mom. I've been waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. Also in the video, I like the, t- the number of times Nancy Pelosi referred to the people pooing on the floor, which is a pretty disgusting thing to have to <laughs> deal with. Now that's uh, protest. How fecal matter. That's yeah. right, Senator Johnny Depp there. Um I I I'd forgotten about that. Oh yeah, quite a oh. quite a few people. Who who does that? That uh, who who does that? Who who wants to do that? Then who can do that on command? I can't. Even In if the I midst wanted of a to. Fracas? No. I'm not the sort of person that under <laughs> any circumstances would think what this occasion calls for <laughs> is me to defecate to make a point. And then be able to just get it done. But even if I did think that, and I never have or would, I told the story of someone I know who got back at her ex-boyfriend who had cheated on him by 
crawling up on the hood of his car and doing that. But hmm. <laughs> well, the message is unmistakable. Aren't I'll... you dainty? <laughs> I mean, as communication goes, it's, Maybe that's it's fairly it. clear. It cuts through. It really right. does. It's unambiguous. It, that's, yes, yes. <laughs> Strategic ambiguity? No, that's not what's happening there. No, no, indeed. I am unpleased with your performance, is what that hmm. says. Hmm. But, uh, but even if you want to send that message, I just, I could not. I mean, uh, you're going to have to <laughs> give me a while. Well, it, it, it's all about timing. Yeah. You know? So the fact that you can do that on command. And then there were a number of them that in the heat of, heat of battle, having just fought cops in a, like you know an actual fight to, to the death, practically, uh, you get inside there and then and, and you can calm down and, uh, and uh, do your business right there on the House floor to try to make a point. <laughs> it's remarkable control. It is. It is. Yeah. Probably not that many people. I don't know if the January 6th committee ever got into that angle of it because it's kind of a side <laughs> topic. It's sick enough. It's an oversight, clearly. Adam Kinziger should have raised his hand and said, I know this is kind of a tangent, but I'm just wondering, how did you manage to poo on command? A question left unanswered. <laughs> right. Where's Liz Cheney on that question? Oh, man. Uh, how, does, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. Plus, we have clips of the week coming up. <laughs> well, Nancy Pelosi brought it up like three different times in that video. They well, actually... made an impression. Well, yes. You would. Well, you know what? And, and uh, I understand where she's coming from. You do realize you're dealing with a certain sort of person once they do that. Okay, you've like if if you and I are in a dispute, and you poo on the floor in my house or office or car <laughs> or whatever, I realize right. okay, you've moved into a different category of human that I'm dealing with. Yes, clearly there are few boundaries to what Precisely. might happen. Yeah. Right, right. Part of me is surprised that Nancy Pelosi, who lives in San Francisco, wasn't more used to it. Yeah, exactly. Human crap. Hey, everybody, about. I just took a <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's driveway. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. For yeah, instance. She might have just said, been there, done that. Let's get back into the house. But there's poo in there. Oh, come on. Grow up. <laughs> I live in a city where there's poo everywhere. Exactly. Um, how did you say mailbag looks? It's just fine. Okay. And I touted clips of the week as well. Awesome. That is all on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. This came across a disturbing factoid about the upcoming election, which uh, will give either side that needs it more ammunition for claiming it was stolen if it's close anywhere. Oh, goody. Yeah. Great. Something to look forward to. Isn't it? Got your freedom, love, and quote of the day and mailbag coming up. But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Three, two, one, Peace and blessings, everyone. Lift up your ears to what I'm going to say right now. Two words. Made in America. Wow. Well, let me respond with two words. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> say that uh, I'm both a Prince fan, which I was in the 80s. No longer. (laughs) (laughs) Only on Thursday night. Everything is behind plastic plexiglass locked to avoid being stolen. How about soap, shampoo, conditioner, air freshener? 
Okay, high class problems. I have not received directly an emoji in a year and a half. Wow. Is it your perspective that the Federal Reserve has already made a series of mistakes? So it's made two big mistakes that I think are going to go down in the history books. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. Here you have one of the most famous politicians in the country merging with a computer. It's not about you know, kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. I don't kiss anyone's ass like him. Ohio needs an ass kicker, not an ass kisser. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers. So is the president right? Are we facing a potential nuclear Armageddon? He likes to live a good life. He's human being, uh, so he does not want to commit suicide with strategic nuclear weapons. I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump. The subpoena of the president is entirely theatrical. Label this segment Jack Armstrong bilingual hero. <laughs> no, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Nuri Martinez says this about immigrants from the Mexican state of Oaxaca. She calls them short little dark people. And I would like to have Nuri Martinez tell me to my face with that cackling of hers that we are the ugly Mexicans. They have soiled their seats. I yield the rest of my time, but this. I heard that, sister. That Tulsi Gabbard clip reminded me, uh, Tucker Carlson went hardcore anti-support for Ukraine last night, like hardcore. And, you know, talking earlier this week about the coming split, perhaps, in the Republican Party when they take the House over whether or not we're going to support Ukraine. He might be leading the charge. More on that later. Hmm. Interesting. How many people watch that show? Well, more on that later. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. <laughs> there is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Barack Obama, who's too conservative to get nominated. Probably. These days. In the same way that Bill Clinton is probably too conservative to get nominated as a Republican. Probably. You know, people say the Republican Party is lurching to the right. That's that's not entirely true. It's a lot more complicated than that, but uh, everything seems to be moving to the left in general. Mailbag. <laughs> you can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, Matthias in Germany writes, uh, Guys, just visiting Berlin, met these two German philosophers, Germany's own Armstrong and Getty, Marx and Engels. <laughs> it's a big... Wow. statue of the two of them. What the hell? He says, thought you would appreciate it. Have an amazing weekend. Amazing would... I'll settle for... Okay. Um, why the hell is there a statue of Marx and Engels in Germany? I rarely have a weekends where I say, that was amazing. Maybe I should work for that more often. Yeah. Oh, it's probably in the East German part of Berlin. They decide to keep it. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Civilization is falling apart. Yeah? Yeah, we don't have time for this email. We'll get to it later. I would like to hear that. Uh, let's see. How about this from Chris? As a 22-year-old in the workplace, re-emojis. I work in a professional engineering environment and never in my GD 
life. Would I have overthought an emoji to the extent you described? I use the thumbs up to signal sounds good. I wish I had enough time and blissful stupidity in my life to sit around and overthink emojis. Yeah, that's the way I think about a lot of these topics as a busy parent. Like, get a job, have some kids, find something to worry about. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast. Armstrong and Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The scope of this year's support uh, should be not less than $5 billion. What? Some uppity foreigner in a t-shirt demanding money for his critical economic needs? We have critical economic needs too, buddy. Who are you, troll? Go away. What? Since when does that guy have a claim on our treasury? And so that's Tucker Carlson last night, and it gets to something I brought up last week because I read an article in, 
I should dig up, figure out where it was, Politico or someplace, about the, the growing possible civil war in the Republican Party over the whole Ukraine thing. Because it's about 50-50 in the polling, where, where Democrats are more like 80% or more in favor of funding Ukraine and being on the side of Ukraine in this war and everything. Republicans are more like 50-50. And then there's the uh, Tucker Carlson, I mean, going so far, they're playing a clip of Zelensky, who is, in, in my mind, uh, a bit of a world hero. And uh, and and going with uh, some t- foreigner in a T-shirt troll asking us for money. Go away, loser. And uh, and then beating the crap out of AOC for being in favor of funding the war. Um, and uh, just, <laughs> you know, Tulsi Gabbard is a Democrat who says that the Democrats are warmongers. And so there's just there's a, a growing kind of interesting coalition of people. Yeah. And I, I don't know how this is going to play out. Yeah, I can honestly say there is not a single topic facing mankind now or in the future that I care what AOC thinks. <laughs> but that's pretty interesting. She, a- we can play place later. I mean, she was she got shouted out of one of her events by people to her left. I think that's pretty interesting. Who to her left in terms of because she's continuing to vote to fund the the oh. defense of Ukraine. Wow. Okay, so that's to the left. I mean, well, yeah, the whole yeah. left and right thing is is becoming increasingly. Uh, there are know, people who, yeah, yeah. Useless. On this issue, on this yeah. issue, left and right is useless as a term. Yeah, I shouldn't even use it. Um, but uh, I had a point. What was my point? I had a point. Let me get to the point. Uh, um, uh, duh. AOC, Tucker, t-shirts, uh, uppity uh, foreigners, um, <laughs> budgets. I'll uh, get to it later. Yeah, surely, surely we can get to it later. Huh? A little bonus mailbag here. I want to finish up with a couple of really good notes. Uh, I got a handful of emails on the Alex Jones thing. Uh, clarification. Um, there was a disagreement about somebody said, I read he didn't even get to defend himself. Well, he defended himself fully in the, his Texas trial and lost completely and then refused to cooperate in the Connecticut trial. He had a lawyer in the court, but he refused to testify. He refused to turn over financial records, that sort of thing. And so the judge said, well, we're going to go on without you. But he was in no way prevented from uh, defending himself. It's a ridiculous assertion. Anyway. Got this note. Uh, I'll just say anonymous. So yes, the minority of people that are coming to Alex Jones' defense—you don't believe he was doing this? I mean, even, whether he def- got to defend himself in the trial or not, which he did. I mean, he had the all right. Are you claiming he didn't use the names of parents and paint them as actors? I mean, he clearly yeah. did. There's plenty of tape of it, unless you think that's fake. We got a fairly smallish handful of emails, and a lot of it was just not so great at critical thinking. Okay. Um, just not being able to understand the difference between slander and uh, damages and uh, defamation defamation of character as opposed to how that's carved out of free speech. They just didn't seem to understand that. And, you know, I don't really feel like doing a seminar on it, but... Uh, Al Anonymous wrote this, uh, granted this guy is a conspiracy theory nut job, but just being a loon and claiming a conspiracy is enough to justify a huge civil suit against someone? Where do you draw the line when someone can sue you and use the court system against you when you say something nutty? Then let's see, this was, well, that was my three immediate... hours later. That was, me. that was Sorry. my immediate reaction, that reaction right there was my immediate reaction when I heard this, because I haven't been following the Alex Jones thing. When I got into the details that you laid out, it made more sense, but I had the same reaction as that emailer. 
Yeah, three hours later, Al wrote, I withdraw my previous email. Reading further, I saw the actual physical impact this had on families of the victims in this. Jones better pay up and pay big. He profited quite a bit on this stuff. Yeah, so I thank I had, you for being manly enough to write back. Yeah, I had the same reaction as uh, as, as some of you did. Like, what? How? You can't you can't uh, claim I think this was fake. You know, the, with a First Amendment. Well, that's you know, that's not just what he was doing. Yeah, you have the right to be stupid or or to be wrong about something. Certainly, you can't sue somebody for a wrong opinion. But again, if, if you actually take a few minutes and look into it, you'll understand why he got hammered. Um, although one, you know, as one emailer uh, uh, compared the size of that judgment against the judgment against Purdue Pharma for their dishonesty over OxyContin, mm. and I thought, you know what? That's a good. It's an interesting point. It has nothing to do with Alex Jones and a hell of a lot more to do with Purdue Pharma and and big pharma in general. But I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition. On the topic of the L.A. City Council and alleged racist, racist remarks. Uh, I, a an Hispanic listener of ours wrote in said, "Hey guys, just a quick clarification. The remark made about the child was, uh, and I'm not gonna. I'm, my Spanish pronunciation is weak, but uh, and I'm not gonna say it. But it was much more than just calling the child a monkey. It really is a denigrating phrase. So it was one of those lost in translation things. Okay, well, uh, nice job by uh, people who do speak Spanish in the media for making that completely unclear to us." For a week? Well, right. And they just thought, oh, oh, a black child, a monkey. I know that one. That's a good I, I know that one. That's racist against black people. I get it. Okay. And so they didn't even look into it. Um, you know, maybe I'll go for a direct translation of that uh, in a second. Okay. That, the phrase. Um, but, yeah, it's, again, it's, a, it's an idiomatic phrase that is much worse than the direct translation. <laughs> you can suggest. use the same Google translator that I used to become... Jack Armstrong, bilingual hero. <laughs> That's right. Open Google Translate. My use of Google Translate is in no way an endorsement of Google, which is a giant and evil corporation, though we use many of their products. Mm. Um, let's see. Whoops. You didn't hear that uh, story. I interacted with a neighbor who was having a, a real emergency. And she speaks no English, but she had her phone out with Google Translate on it, and we talked back and forth effortlessly. I'd never used it before. I was aware of its existence, but I'd never used it. It was fantastic. Man, traveling the world must be awesome now. Yeah, I've heard it is. I've, I've seen charming videos of people uh, using that uh, in their real lives. So, Oh, and then finally this. This is the one I really wanted to get to from uh, John with no H. And in the, the context to this one, if I might uh, seed the clouds before I read it, is... It's such a norm in our culture these days that you don't deal with anything yourself. You call the authorities. We have an appeal to authority uh, culture of justice now in a way that we didn't used to. If your neighbor's music was too loud, you used to go to your neighbor and say, hey, would you mind turning that down? So sorry to bother you. but oh. And people would generally behave in a neighborly way. Um, you know, two kids getting a scrape at school. As long as nobody gets hurt, you know, they dust themselves off, they shake hands, they go back to class, that sort of thing. But now we are always supposed to turn over everything to authorities. Well, John writes, as I was leaving the gym in Oakland tonight, last night, I walked out to my car, which was parked in a fenced-off parking lot. I noticed a man in a ski mask standing in front of my car. Oh, boy. Not, not really knowing what to do, I just got in my car and quickly locked the doors. He walked up to the passenger door of my car to try to get in, so I put my car into reverse and backed up before he could try to open the door. 
Then he got into his car and blocked off the exit to the parking lot and got uh, and got back out. I got to admit, if I walk up to my car and there's a guy in a ski mask standing in front of it, I might uh, go around the corner and get a cup of coffee and see if they're still there when I come back or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that does, seems like a walking into a bad situation. Well, so this guy's now blocked the exit oh, and got back out of his car, not knowing what else to do. I figured I was just going to run him over if he moved toward me again. But then, for some reason, he got in his car and left. I called 911 and was put on, put on hold. After a six-minute hold, I quickly told the operator someone had attempted to rob me. She transferred me to Oakland's 911 line, where I was once again placed on hold for another five or ten minutes. I drove all the way from Oakland to Hayward before I was actually connected with someone to give them a full report. If I'd been stabbed or shot in the parking lot, I would have likely died before me or anyone else could have been able to even reach emergency services. I've never felt so alone in an emergency situation in my life. Please, everyone, be safe, aware of your surroundings. Civilization is falling apart. Or, yeah, more than aware of your surroundings, which is always a good idea, need to be aware that, uh, because uh, most of us who don't end up in very many emergency situations just kind of have this belief that, if one pops up, we can dial nine one one and it'll get taken care of like a like a high priority fairly quickly. But right. that is becoming less and less true every day in a lot of areas around the country. Well, and I don't know the current state of the technology, but I I know calling on your mobile phone is a bit of an issue because you don't necessarily connect locally. I guess. Um, and so they've got to figure out, all right, where are you? Let me transfer you to the proper authorities. And this guy was on hold for six minutes before a human got on the line so he could describe where he With was. a guy in a ski mask who was trying to get in his car? Yes. I mean, that's a bad situation. Yeah. If anybody's knowledgeable about how the modern 911 system works and mobile phones and the rest of it, uh, drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. But, yeah, I found uh, that disturbing, clearly. Well, it makes you want to have a concealed carry so you could have a vehicle, uh, a, a weapon in your car. Yeah, for instance. Makes me want to, anyway. Yeah, or at least have, you know, something to defend yourself if, you know, it comes down to that. It's Friday. I've got some shocking drinking statistics for you, among other things. If you're planning on getting your drink on. You're not going to shock me. I'm half lit already. <laughs> Go ahead and try. I'm too lit to be shocked by anything. House could be on fire, and I'd just sit there and yeah. Oh, no. We got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Much more on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Halloween candy up a whopping 34% across the board. I, I will say a 34% increase in candy, that is a lot. It's so expensive, parents are going to start encouraging their kids to get into strange vans, you know? <laughs> Just like, look, look, Timmy, the stranger says he's got free candy, and, and in this economy, we've got to take a shot, buddy. we got to do it. we got an air tag. I'll find you. Wow, that's dark. I just really just I hadn't heard the joke. I really wanted to just get it on there to mention that the price of candy is up like everything else. And in the inflation numbers yesterday were uh, were high and shocking. But the Dow ended up a, up 800 points for the day by the end of the day, having like immediately cratered on the news and higher interest rates and blah. And then they thought, eh, well, what are you going to do? And then <laughs> it's up 800 points. Well, more was it up. On higher than expected earnings in the uh, breakfast cereal sector or something like that. I didn't even hear an explanation. Whatevs. Um, this is, the, these are some stunning statistics around drinking that we got from our friend Craig, the healthcare guru. Because uh, when I started reading these, I thought, is this true? But he's the sort of guy that, I mean, he, make, he makes his living using facts that are true. I'll read you the conclusion. True facts, in short. And then we'll get into uh, get into the specifics. But here's the conclusion of this about drinking in America. 30% of American adults don't drink at all. So if you've ever wondered that, about a third of Americans don't drink at all. Then another third consume, on average, less than one drink per week. Wow. So 60% of the country has one drink a week or none. Think hmm. about that. If you're a drinker, if you're a non-drinker, you're, I know you're thinking, yeah, me and practically everybody I know almost never drinks. Yeah, well, um, you're just making us do your share. <laughs> drinkers tend to hang around other drinkers, based on my experience, and so you kind of come to a, I don't know, a worldview that we're all doing this. <laughs> but it's not exactly true. 
I would uh, agree, yeah. On the other hand, the top 10% or decile, is that the way you say that word? Uh, you break things into tenths. The top 10% of American adults, and that's 24 million of them, consume an average of 74 drinks per week. Wow. Which is a little, of Hennessy. Which is a little more than 10 a day. 10 a day? So while you got that third don't drink at all, a third have one or less a week, the top 10% on average, 74 drinks a week. Wow. Which is a little more than 10 a day. Which back- Man, when I when I pour myself a little bonus scotch like I may have last night uh, after my regular scotch, I think, ah, that's too much. I'm drinking too much. Wow. More than 10 a day? When I first saw that number, I thought, geez, that's a lot. But then I started thinking about back when I drank. You know, if I had maybe three drinks on your average weekday, which I probably did, um, it's a good head start. And then on the weekend, yeah, I, got, I probably got to that number. Um. So wow. here's here's where it but gets, that would that would be fifteen Monday through Friday. You got fifty five to go, sailor. <laughs> Belly up and get started. Yeah. Well, if you're counting drinks the way they you know they 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 do literally, as opposed to you know like you're talking about, pour myself a glass of wine that's actually like four drinks and call that a drink. <laughs> well, there's that. That's, I don't know. That's, who has the time to measure these but days? Here's where it gets really interesting, and this is why a guy who's into healthcare and health insurance and all that sort of stuff was uh, even looking at this. This virtually uh, the, the the distribution of health care costs almost match up exactly, and it's whether or not you think there's a uh, a relationship between the two things. One third of employees do not go to the doctor in a given year. One third of employees, another third, spend less than a thousand dollars per year on all medical expense, expenses. But the sickest five percent average about sixty thousand dollars a year in costs. Wow. Wow. And so there's something called the Pareto Principle or something like that, named after an economist uh, who came up with the idea that 80% of consequences come from 20% of causes, un- uh, asserting an unequal relationship between inputs and outputs. Just yeah. So, yeah, Everybody looks at things just kind of overall average, but that's not a good way to look at it. Crime is a, a good example. Sure. Like 90% of us commit zero crimes, but a tiny percentage of, it, percentage of us commit like 90% of them. Sure. What if cops told us I spend 90% of my time babysitting 2% of the population? Yeah. So in terms of the way you you know go about the problem, uh, you, you, you don't approach it as if it's spread equally along around society. But And there, there's no necessary causality, correlation between this, uh, but it certainly could be. I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I thought, uh, first of all, when I was drinking the numbers of drinks that I drank, I was young. I never went to the, I cost the company zero in medical costs. I went many, many, many years without ever using any money of the of the company insurance. Yeah, well, uh, that's a Because I was young. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a completely different question. I think the principle is just about the, like you explained, the unequal, you know, inputs and outputs thingy. Um, but yeah, excess drinking absolutely causes medical problems. I mean, that's that's pretty well known. That's pretty astounding, though, isn't it? The way that's spread out. Well, the the the, the costs to an employer and the drinking both they're both interesting. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just the Pareto principle in general, I find uh, thought provoking, and and it makes perfect sense in a in a lot of places, in a lot of you know uh, activities, human activities. That's true. 
I've been told, I don't know if I've ever actually read about this or anything like that, but I've told about people that like work in the beer industry or whatever. Um, Budweiser and Coors and your bourbons and everything like that. They, they advertise kind of like they're advertising to everybody, but they know because they have these statistics that they're, they're, they're making their money off a small percentage of people out there who are drinking all their product. Because there's a whole bunch of people watching the Super Bowl or, or driving on the highway who see the Coors Light billboards or whatever, as you just heard with the stats, that don't drink at all or have one a week. And that's not where they're making their money. It's that tiny percentage at the top who's going to have 50 of their beers this weekend that they want to influence. Right. Well, and I guess you're probably hoping to turn the uh, the eighth decile. I'm looking at the chart here. Uh, the eighth and ninth that have six to 15 drinks per week. When they go hardcore and join the 74 a week crowd. Wow. They want to have brand loyalty already. Yeah, I guess. I guess. We know you're going to graduate to a 75-drink-a-week lifestyle soon. Just remember, we got you there. We're blank. I'm not going to name any names. (laughs) Well, that's why we drinkers like to hang around other drinkers. So those of you who are doing whatever it is you do, and it must be boring, uh, leave us alone. And don't judge our lifestyles. Yeah. Trying Trying to have a good time over here. Leave me alone. Guy comes home drunk. His wife says, how many drinks did you have? He said, I don't know. You weren't there to count them for me. (laughs) That's what you're saying, huh? (laughs) Oh, my God. The rise of Xi Jinping from old Uncle Xi to a godhead in China coming up. Plus, Amazon's dream home is a nightmare of surveillance. Oh, wow. They subpoenaed Trump last night. Is that part of the whole January 6th thing? I suppose we should take a look at that, maybe. Former president. Uh, If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty, on demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.